0: Welcome to Talk Is Sheep, the official podcast of the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Come along with us as we take conversations that matter to you into the high alpine. We have partnered with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab to help get you in shape and mentally stronger. Whether you're a veteran hunter or just starting out, the Mountain Tough app will take you to the next level. We personally train using the Mountain Tough programs and we believe in it so much that we want to give you six weeks for free using code SHEEPBC. That's S-H-E-E-P-B-C. Check out Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. You won't be disappointed. This episode is sponsored by our conservation partner, Precision Optics. Thank you Sitka Gear and Precision Optics for investing in healthy wildlife and sustainable ecosystems. Good afternoon, John. Uh, welcome to Talk to Sheep. It's awesome to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Kyle. Good to
1: be here, man. Yeah. Nothing like Sheep Show.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. I remember, ah, it had to be five years ago here at Sheep Show, and uh, I was up on the stage, and I heard you talk. Sorry, you were up on the stage, and I heard you talk. And I'm like, man, that's that's a man that knows what he's talking about. That's a guy that cares about all the things that I care about. And uh, obviously, Schnee's the brand I don't need any introduction to. I've known about what you, the great work you guys have done for years, and the great products you create, and... Um, So that's really cool. But um, I guess, John, let's start off about, um, let's talk a little bit about you. Let's talk about you as, I guess, John Edwards, the business owner, John Edwards, the hunter, John Edwards, the conservationist. So um, and sort of what got you interested into all this stuff? How did you become, you know, uh, an innovator, uh, you know, obviously a very successful business man. And then on top of it, all the stuff you do for conservation.
1: Well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, first of all, it's it's just so great to be associated with the Wild Sheep Foundation. And it's just an honor and privilege for us to participate. And uh, just every single year, it gets better and better. And you guys do such a fantastic job. And um, it's striking to me the relationships that get formed at, at this show every year. It really, truly becomes like an extended family. And we say it all the time. And just look forward to seeing people every year it's a it's a joy um for us and uh you know i i'm very blessed uh to to be working with a group of people at Schnees who are like extended family and indeed have some family too
0: lots i think you
1: know yeah actually yeah my son michael is here uh working as we're talking and uh my younger son jack is back home working in our gun room and my daughter katie now too is is working with us and then uh, you know, Kurt Smith uh, has done so much for our company for forever, and uh, he's just a tremendous man in his own right. And, and uh, his wife, Shanda, is with us now, too, and their son, Tanner, and their daughter, Ilsa. So it's like we, we have like a pro-nepotism policy, <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, we enjoy it. And um, and then, gosh, here at the show, Stacy Farmer um, has been with me. For 20 years and she's fantastic and uh cody risto is with us and so yeah it's we're, we're just truly blessed back home in montana to have a great team of people and we enjoy working together and we share a love of hunting and um so yeah works out works out pretty good
0: it's pretty cool um you know let's maybe talk back it up and let's let's start with uh Maybe talk about your hunting story. You, did you grow up a hunter and interested? Yeah. Uh, and are you Montana native? or?
1: No, I was born in Northern California. I was born in a little town on the Klamath River called Wairika, not to be confused with Eureka, which is a coastal town. But uh, Wairika uh, is a little town in the mountains, and it would remind you a lot of Montana. It's uh, beautiful and uh, great hunting, great fishing steelhead country and just you know wonderful place Um, my my mom and dad were teachers and coaches and stuff so we moved around a little bit and kind of grew up in in northern california a little town called stockton which is an ag town and uh, my dad was the basketball coach at university of pacific Mm. and then uh, he won a few games i guess and and got uh, promoted in a way and took took the job at university of california and he was the head coach there for six years and then uh uh we moved to montana in 1978 Mm. so quite a few years ago and um yeah i did grow up hunting uh hunting and fishing mostly in montana but some time in canada too and uh you know being in being in basketball um and i i played sports growing up in school and stuff um most of my hunting really was um, was bird hunting. It's kind of how we started, you know. When you're eight years old, you, you get a single shot, 4'10", and get told to sit down and shut up and, and stop whining. So that's kind of how I got started. <laughs> but the, the duck hunting and bird hunting was sensational. And so really grew, grew up doing that. And then um, it's interesting you ask because... Uh, in seventh grade, uh, the first guy that I met was a kid named Bart Bauer and he was the big uh, athlete in the community and um, we became, we we've had a little fight to begin with and then we became good friends and uh, we're showing a film tonight at the banquet about a stone sheep hunt I did in British Columbia in August. and. Kind of dedicated that hunt to my old friend bart and he he passed away two days ago oh, man. and uh, after an extended battle with cancer and so um bart bauer and his father bob bauer introduced me really to uh big game hunting mm. and we we got started uh bob bauer his his dad was a world war ii uh okay and uh Bart Bauer, my friend, was a legendary athlete growing up in our, in our area. We, we played sports all through school, and he's in the Hall of Fame at Eastern Montana. And that's where my father ended up coaching, was in Billings, Montana. And uh, so Bart played for my dad and just spent a life together, mm. really, from seventh grade until he passed away two days ago. And uh, so he and his dad uh, educated me about rifle hunting and hunting elk and mule deer and antelope and just all all about the joy of of really uh, pursuing big game animals in North America and became a passion you know at that point and we shared many many hunting camps together and uh, it's emotional for me because I I miss him but. That's how it started, I guess.
0: Cool. I'd love to talk about it if you're comfortable with it, John. Sure. sure. Well, we already are, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, was your early days when you started big game hunting, was your first hunts with Bart Bauer? It,
1: it was, most definitely. And it's, it, and it's how I'm, I'm, I'm involved with Schnee's. Um, uh, we, we start hunting in Northern California. There's really good blacktail deer is a big thing in California, coastal blacktail, and then mule deer and sort of Interstate 5 is kind of the dividing line. And, uh, so we did, did some of that and, uh, and then, you know, was like, it was time to go elk hunting. And, uh, my very first elk hunt was with Bob Bauer and Bart in the wilderness called the gospel hump wilderness in Idaho. And it's a, a fantastic place. And we had some good wranglers and we, we rode in on horseback and, and had a spike camp and, uh, uh killed my first bull and in preparing for that hunt i said bob you know i've got i got some danners you know i mean what 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 kind of footwear should he says well there's this company you should look up called Schnee's in bozeman and uh, i did and i bought a pair of pack boots and uh loved them and (laughs) that you know fell in love with the brand and and pack boots and uh became acquainted with the founders of Schnee's, which is a husband and wife, uh, Steve and Jean Schnee. And people always ask, well, is it Schnee's or Schnee's? And <laughs> yeah. the answer is either way, you know, and it, it's the German word for snow. And it kind of depends what part of Germany you're from. Yeah. But um, they were getting ready to retire. And uh, my wife and I were looking for a business to get involved with in Montana. And that's how it
0: happened. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I want to, jump into that for sure but uh if we go back to that elk hunt and what uh so first time you guys did you say you went on a horseback
1: yeah yeah it's, it was a really cool place still is called shep ranch and to it, it, go to riggins idaho and then you drive about 30 minutes up the main fork of the salmon and then you hop in a jet boat and you jet upstream on the salmon river and it's a little in holding it used to be nez perce indian country and uh phenomenal you know great sheep country too and uh and so then at Shep Ranch you get on a horse and ride for eight hours and get dropped off in the middle of nowhere sensational hunt
0: had you done a bunch of horseback stuff prior to that hunt
1: you know yeah I kind of grew up my my godparents were ranchers and uh so I I got exposed to to ranching and love love the ranch community and the ranch way of life and uh And I've been very blessed in Montana. We have a small ranch now and uh, have become acquainted with uh, some ranch families who I just, you know, think the world of. I just think farmers and ranchers are the backbone of America, if you ask me. And uh, it's a way of life. And people are honest and hardworking. And that's okay by me.
0: Yeah, good people to hang around with for sure. Yeah. Yeah, right on. So when you did that first hunt with Bart and his dad, was uh were, were you the only one with that got an elk or did you guys all tag elk amazingly elk? yes okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> incredible as that might seem, and, and we were just telling this story last night but um, the way that camp's set up you're kind of in two wall tents cook tent and a sleep tent and then you're on the precipice of a deep canyon called I don't know if I should say this or not. I probably, I, I, I kind of,
0: people will be getting their Onyx maps out looking at it. I'm going right? to
1: follow my own advice. This was somewhere in the middle of Idaho, but, uh, um, yeah,
0: smart man. Yeah. Okay. It, uh,
1: you, you're kind of glassing elk across the deep Canyon. And then it's a commitment to go, to go for it. And, and then it's another spike out on, uh, with a, just a backpack setup, And, uh, it's a, you know, two or three day commitment. So we, we took off and, uh, we, we got into some elk and we split up and, uh, yeah, shot a, shot a good bull. So, and I, yeah, I was the only one in camp who who did, but just, just dumb luck.
0: <laughs> and had Bart, uh, killed a bull before or was that his kind of his first forest? He
1: He had, he had, and his dad had, and there's really famous stories of his father. We named a ridge after him in that country. If you go into our gun room in Bozeman, you'll read about it. Um, but, uh, yeah he bob bowers last hunt was in the same general area and he took off in the middle of the night by himself and kind of got all riled up and said i'm gonna go over there and kill me a bull and sure enough he did and and bart helped him pack it out and uh that was his last bull was was in that same spot and then bart and i went back there and spread his ashes and read from a Bible that I had from my uncle buddy who's a World War II veteran as well. It was a pretty, pretty emotional thing for us, you know, <laughs> kind of sentimental, sorry. but
0: Oh, and honestly, that's uh, you know, and I think that's the cool part of our wild sheep family is you know, we're all tied by one bond. It's hunting, conservation, the outdoors, that passion, but uh, it's the relationships right? Like it's, you know, when you talk about sheep, like yeah, there's triumphs and there's all the, the amazing part of a, a hunt and the success and and really it's about the sheep, but really it's about the relationships and the family. We talk about wild sheep family all the time, right? So,
1: It really is. It's, yeah, it's, it's a special and amazing group of people that are involved with, with wild sheep conservation, no doubt about it.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the stone sheep hunt. So we got the first hunt. Let's talk about the last hunt. So, okay. so tell me the whole story. <laughs> Did you and Bart have tags, or was it only you with the tag? or
1: On the sheep yeah. hunt? Yeah, this the, the, this August. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, Bart was not able to go.
0: Okay, all right.
1: He was, by that point, his cancer had got so bad that he was bed bound. And then his wife died. And so, he was had 24-hour care and could, couldn't go. But, you know, he's a strong, tough guy. And, and so, he was following along in spirit. And I, I d- kind of dedicated the hunt to him. And that's what's going to be a little bit about that in this short short video tonight but um, he never got to kill a sheep okay. and, and that's that's a bummer right. but um, like I say he was there in spirit and f- the sheep hunt was off the charts I mean I can't say enough about Colin Niemeyer and Caudi and Jordan and Jake and just phenomenal I can't I just can't describe how challenging it is you know just the horsemanship side it's really quite difficult and um you know jake is and jordan were both you know great and the stock was great and uh i was able to to go with my son michael and that was a kind of a new eye-opening experience for him
0: was that his first like true mountain sheep hunt yeah yeah right on
1: yeah yeah it's funny and riding riding into camp you know uh I kind of said hey listen don't be afraid to hang on to that saddle horn now because and he's like are you kidding me i'm like white knuckling this thing for five hours <laughs> but uh no they just i tell you i i just think the world of jake robinson and jordan monks and colin niemeyer and mm. rachel attila and just you know they're just fantastic people and it was uh, it was everything you could you could dream about a, a stone sheep hunt. You know, very tough. We had tough weather. We kind of thought we would get into some sheep right away, and did. Saw sheep day one, but then the weather turned on us, and it you know seven days later.
0: Yeah, right yeah.
1: on. It was super cool. Was
0: that your first stone sheep hunt?
1: No, my second. The second. Yeah, I, I shot I shot around with my bow, uh, with uh, Jerry Craig, and okay. the Talton Indians, and it was fantastic. So, as
0: well yeah so tell me about this ram what does he look like
1: oh man he's a monster i
0: may have seen pictures kidding me i'm looking at pictures. him right
1: now in our booth <laughs> come by and see him <laughs> now he's really phenomenal ram and so kind of the little funny story is um
0: yeah that's a nice ram, a nice
1: ram. yeah yeah he's a nine nine and a half year old 40 inches yeah he's a he's a bruiser uh yeah I mean, he might be 39 and a half. I rounded up to 40. It's on the
0: high side of 39. That counts. For <laughs> sure.
1: It's But the But so we get we get in there. What did he score like? I'm um, curious. You know, mid-60s. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Nice. What a ground. Yeah. Awesome round. Yeah. Yeah. And the cool thing is he's a traditional stone sheep. sheep. Nice and dark, too, right? It's, uh, oh, yeah. You know, beautiful. There's no conjecture yeah, of where you killed him. He's clearly a stone sheep. Not... Not, not that I want to create any controversy, but it's he's clearly a stone sheep, right?
1: And so the funny part of the story is, so we we get over there and, and uh, Jake Jake found him uh, and shout out to Swarovski uh, ninety five spotter is amazing, um, but we glassed him up a long way away, and get over there, you know it's it's an ordeal and get on him, and there was two older looking rams and we managed to get within about 125 yards of let's call him ram number one and basically my job is just not to screw the thing up right yeah. like just don't don't blow it
0: you're not giving yourself enough credit but fair man. it's it's fair all enough.
1: on jake and jordan and <laughs> They're looking at and kind of aging this ram, and and the words getting passed back, and I'm kind of actually looking at him through uh, we're digiscoping, right? So, I'm and I'm like, uh, how far? And he's like, he's 125 yards. I'm like, okay, I can shoot that far. <laughs> how about we kill him? You know? And they're like, no, I think we're gonna back out. We're gonna <laughs> look at a different ram. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, this is day seven, guys, and like, no, sorry. He's not our ram, <laughs> no, <that's awesome. laughs> and uh, we had a good laugh about it. And sure enough, they were right. And if you, uh, we have video of both of these rams standing side by side, and they're both great rams. Right. If you ask ask me, but uh, but
0: this guy was a better ram. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they obviously thought so. So they
1: they they just I again I just can't can't brag them up enough. They
0: did such a great job. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So seven day hunt. And so you got the turmoil of knowing Bart sitting at home at, um, were you carrying that in the mountain with you? Like how
1: totally, yeah. Yeah. I I like to pray a lot and, uh, was praying for Bart and kind of wishing he was there, but counting my blessings too, to be with my son and be with these two great men and, in some amazing part of the world. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a moving thing being in the mountains anytime. I don't care. I love it. I love it. You know, uh, I love Montana and British Columbia and Alberta and it's just you know Alaska it's all it's all God's creation and we're blessed to have some
0: time to enjoy it yeah that's awesome so tell me about Michael's experience on the mountain so <laughs> first time on a serious backpack hunt well, I guess you were guys on horseback which in its own right is challenging you know with and
1: we hunt horseback in Montana you know I, I I enjoy that side of it, and my wife is a really good equestrian we have a small horse ranch outside Bozeman and so I I love getting on a horse and and just getting in the mountains um but Michael had not really had that opportunity yet Michael's a very good hunter and he's he's done really really well and he's he's passionate and becoming quite skilled um but it's different you know just getting on a float plane and you know the whole thing getting in there and then uh you know, showing up and and these are these are great Canadian horses, and and the riding is is you know. I don't want to over. It, it's,
0: it's it's not a little, just a jaunt in the park. No, There's some serious elevation, the whole works. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So he he got a kick out of that, and then plus, you know, you get a little saddle sore. Like I don't like. Okay, man. Yeah, that's that's what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then you guys you start hiking and it all dissolves away, but uh, yeah, it was it was um, some amazing country. Uh, we'd had very challenging weather uh, and, and lost. We couldn't get a shot at the Rams day one and then couldn't find them again for, for several days and moved around, hunted some different areas, and uh, then, like I said, Jake kind of found two good-sized bodied rams anyway, and they turned out to be the ones that we got a good look at. So
0: So were you guys, did you have seven days, 10 days, two weeks? What was your hunt time?
1: Yeah, I think, I think we had a few more days, you know, Um, but we were, you know, seven days in and it was, it was, this was a great ramp. So it was not a close call. Right. I mean, there was nothing to discuss. No, (laughs) no, but I I get, once again, talk about hunting ethics, you know, Jake and Jordan, both. um, It's like, we want to make sure uh, he's, he's eight and I think they thought he was nine and turned out he was a nine year old. So, um, that made it, but I, I wasn't, wasn't going to shoot until we we're sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. How hard was it to back out on that Ram at a hundred? Really? For me, it was really hard <laughs> kidding me. I'm like, Hey,
1: but I have ultimate faith in those guys. And, and quite honestly, I wanted to get a look at the other Ram. Yeah. And we kind of thought the other one was a little bit better, so right, yeah, yeah, it worked out good. And it was really windy; it was about blowing about forty. But it was it was not a difficult shot when the time came. So you
0: mentioned your earlier ram was uh, archery. Were you thinking archery on this one if you had the opportunity, or it wasn't really a priority?
1: No, I just brought a rifle. Yeah, I'm I'm pushing sixty five, and you know, bow hunting sheep might be for the younger right. people, younger than right. me anyway. I don't know. I admire it. I think it's yeah. great, um, and I love I love right. to bow hunt,
0: um, but I I was I also love to rifle yeah. hunt. So yeah, for sure. So with um, with the film, do you bring a crew with you. You bring a couple camera guys or one or
1: no, no. We Michael was supposed to be capturing <laughs> the footage, and he did about a B minus job, I think. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's I can't really talk because I am not any good at it either, and I don't know how those guys get all that great right. footage. But uh, we got enough to put a little right. thing together,
0: and I guess yeah. it's something you can use for the brand, and then you can also like share this. And but was the the uh,
1: yeah, but we're careful about that. Honestly, okay. you know, here is a little pet peeve of mine in the industry is I even back home, you know, I I really think hunters should be more cautious about disclosing right areas. Yeah. Because it's a job to to find good places yeah. to hunt, and especially public land. And um, you know, we have a lot of it in Montana. We have a lot of really special places to go hunt. But golly gee, you work your tail off, and then all of a sudden it shows up on TV or social media or something. It's like mm-hmm. gee whiz, you know. It's hunting. Hunting should be more than that, you know. It's like you should you should find right. your spots. It's yeah. part of it, and I I think it cheapens the deal when somebody's oh yeah I saw this on TV or I saw it I got a pin on my Onyx or something I and mean, I just think it it's it's uh, I would like for hunters to be a little bit more um, right. careful
0: yeah. So way. we're not going to see it on YouTube, in other words, or are you, are you able? To, no, no, okay.
1: not at all. No, yeah. not gonna. Yeah, cool. And and I wouldn't have shown it tonight without um, permission. From, uh, right. from Colin, yeah. and uh, just because you know, yeah.
0: being respectful to the outfitter and his livelihood, right? Like I think that, that's yeah, correct. His living, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's. So, right. did you bring that film back, and were you able to share that with Bart before he uh, you lost? Yeah.
1: Yep, he got to see it. Yep, yeah. I I said my goodbyes to Bart on Saturday, and he uh, turned out he passed away yesterday.
0: So it's going to be a pretty emotional sheep week for you, I would imagine.
1: Probably. Yeah, it, it really will. There's a few other things going on too
0: that I, I'm not supposed to talk about, right. but um, yeah, for sure. Um, so speaking of a motive and uh, I guess uh, the emotional journey here at Sheep Week and, you know, you're always connecting with new friends. It's always just, you know, there's a lot of excitement, and enjoyment. Uh, but like you said, emotional times and, you know, one of the most somber times is when you see that last sheep camp and you see friends that you'd been there the year before or two years before or five years before and they're they're no longer with you um can you there's a picture behind me we're sitting in the schnees schnees uh, booth <laughs> <laughs> do it every time uh schnees booth here in uh, at sheep week and uh so you got a you, you got your ram here but there's also a picture with michael and shane and a really cool black or sorry grizzly bear um Let's talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, yeah, gosh. Uh, you know, I feel like the hunting world was was rocked mm-hmm. uh, this past, like, late spring. I guess it was June. Um, and uh, a really great man named Shane Reynolds was was a guide we had the, the privilege to hunt with in Alaska. Um, and he was a special, special guy. And uh, he... He guided my son Michael and my son Jack was on that hunt as well, um, to you know, great moose and great grizzly bear, and uh, you know, in a a, Shane Shane was just one of those guys who exuded, you know, he was he was mentally tough, he was physically tough, strong as a as an ox, and just a just a tremendous man, um, and just. Uh yeah that there was a a plane a plane crash in Alaska and and killed uh Shane and uh Jim Tweedo, who was a a well-known famous uh backcountry bush pilot so it was really tragic and um so we miss miss Shane very much went to his funeral in Lewiston Idaho and um you know just really really miss him um he was uh very instrumental in being a role model for my two sons, and I appreciate him for that um, you know guy like that you can look up to and and help your kids grow up on the right track of just being polite fun tough as nails and uh, so yeah we miss miss Shane and Jim both
0: yeah and that's that's always a tough one to swallow they they're all tough don't get me wrong but I was in Idaho at the time, actually. It was that morning. We were at a board meeting, and, and um, I think it was Jim Warner came in and told us about the, the crash. and just. But it's, uh, you know, Shane had a young family, and, yeah. uh, you know, just to lose him, you know, an icon in our industry, right? Someone you look up to. He's strong, powerful, and, and just to be like that, just, you know, taken off the face of the earth. It just, yeah.
1: Yeah, Raksha. It yeah. really does. Raksha hard. And, you know, he. this is a man who... Uh, who was had a really bad bear attack. You know, he was, he was almost killed by a grizzly bear, a uh, w- wounded bear. That kind of, here again, I don't know if I should say this or not, but I think the client kind of fouled that one up. And so Shane paid the price mm-hmm. and uh, could easily have died from that attack. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead he recovered and was back guiding grizzly bears that fall. <laughs> That's yeah. just the kind of guy He's he was. The warrior, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and our, this industry is just full of guys like that. You know, just just good men and women who are who are the kind of people that you want to want to have as friends and mm-hmm. be role models for your kids.
0: Cool. Um, let's transition a little bit. Talk a little bit. You you mentioned being introduced to Schnee's at an early age when. Uh, an, your story resonated with me because my first Alcon, I had a pair of Danners, and that's the last. And well, don't don't mean to disparage anyone, but that's the last pair of Danners I purchased. So, um, you know, you, you were, well. There's a
1: funny story there. Actually, I'll just interrupt real quick. Sure. So Danner is a great brand, right. and and uh, there's a family that the Schneider family right. owned that brand for a long, long time. Sold recently, um, but no, they they uh, this is a brand I admired, and they were very helpful. You know, we sold Danners for years. Is that right? Yeah. No. And um, but you know, time marches on, and and technology gets better and better. And so now the way we make boots is completely different. Right. Um, and and th- that style of construction is is now there's better ways of doing it, healthier right. for your feet. You can stuff like that. But anyway, I always liked that brand.
0: Yeah. Cool. Why well, it didn't fit for me, and as you know, um, that's the biggest thing in with footwear is to find one that works for you right man it is and they
1: gotta fit folks if you're listening to this you know do yourself a favor get good quality footwear and make sure they fit mm-hmm. and we sit with people you know it's something we we take pride in and we take the time and effort to make sure things fit properly right and it just when you're out there on the mountain you know and it's it's it can be dangerous and it plus it's it's a part of your life that you're passionate about you want to have a great experience so you know take care of your feet
0: (laughs) well and it's funny i I hear this all the time i'll ask guys what's your most important piece of equipment and there's like three or four that come up a lot in reach um you know some guys may be a firearm even though like more so boots more than anything right boots and rain gear probably um what's your what's your most important piece the only you can only take one thing what are you going to take with you yeah i mean um, there's no boots you're not hunting it's done you're done it's over. I
1: guess I would probably start with weapon, you know' because right. at some point you, you know that's that's, why you're that's what you're doing yeah. um, but a close second would be your feet, right you know, taking good care of your feet, and that means quality socks and making sure that you know you have it someone who knows what they're doing look at your foot, everyone's foot is different, different arch types and yeah. heels and volume and everything there's a little bit to it, and so. I feel like it's something that, um, and, and, you know, good quality mountain hunting boots can be a little bit expensive. It's a bit of an investment, and that's, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, you know, we do the best that we can to make a top quality premium product at a fair price. Mm. But it is a bit of an investment, and uh, so, therefore, all the more reason to take it seriously and put in a little bit of time, sit your butt down, Mm -hmm. you know try stuff on make sure it fits
0: <laughs> well and that's a pitch for me like to, to go into your store in bozeman and to have that experience um i just just going in there is a lot of fun and i was talking to michael about it and he said there's a lot more cool stuff coming and i won't spoil it i don't know what i can <laughs> say or can't say but um you know you, you go back into the gun room uh you just walk through there you know you've got a ton of your uh, taxidermy work in there and it's just a place where as a hunter you feel at home which is bozeman's a bit of a funny city too right like you you know it's there's the non-hunting side of things there too right so it's
1: changing a bit you know right we're gonna fight for it we're gonna fight for frickin bozeman because it's a good town and um yeah i mean it's um you know it's kind of the world we live in but we hand out free bibles in our store Mm -hmm. and that's billy betts thank you billy a phenomenal job with uh I think it's called Triumph Outdoor Industries. But so, yeah, we got guns and Bibles yeah, and nice. uh, <laughs> nice. and boots. Yeah, um, but, but, yeah, you know, it's um, it is it's, it's it's a good thing. Now, I have to make sure to correct you. So the taxidermy in the gun room. OK. Yeah. I don't think there. I had my mule. Deer, I had a mule deer in there, but I, I don't think I have any. None of that did I kill. Okay. So let's be real real clear. Yeah. That was a that is a collection that started in the 40s. Right. And goes back to the Dieruff family from Bozeman. And we just lost George Deeruff Jr. last year. And okay. He was an icon of a man. And his his son Levi is a doctor in Denver. But um that's a collection of friends and family over the years that uh, I can't claim any credit for. Right. Um, now I've got, I've got a ram coming. I might I'll try to sneak in there, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just, there's so much tradition and legacy in, in, in Montana, you know, we, right. hunting's a way of life for us. And, and, uh, there's man, some really, really, um, uh, amazing people. Um, many of whom are here at this show. Right.
0: That, that, uh, i look up to and admire in the hunting world right and there's so many cool brands out of montana as well right They're, yeah and they just and they keep growing i think you know bozeman's kind of become i guess the hunting hub almost like you know the silicon valley was for the the tech world in the you know in the 90s right so.
1: it, it is you know and uh just at dinner last night you know we ran into the stone glacier guys and uh kurt roscoe killed a giant freaking ram and talk about a hunter man that's a guy i look up to yeah he is uh he is the real deal
0: yeah
1: and and there's a lot of guys you know just just are and yeah. we, sh- we share things with one another and we learn from each other and it's it's a it's a brotherhood and sisterhood and it's highly recommend anyone listening who's not i mean i guess you're probably a hunter if you're listening to this but um, pretty special group of people
0: yeah, very cool. Now, that's the cool thing about Schnee's that I like about your brand is you guys weren't, and my understanding, talking to Michael, is that, you know, you had the gun room, but the gun room was in there, but everything else outside was not hunting-centric. Like, there was boots, and hunters might wear those, but you didn't have taxidermy work historically there. There was not, and that's sort of evolved in the last decade. Is that correct? or?
1: Well, I mean, you know... Um we're not shy about taxidermy right. um, and we're not shy about being hunters on main street. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we might have um, some 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 new sensibilities coming into our town, but you know tough twinkies you know we yeah. are who we are, and we're not going to be bashful about it and we're going to speak up for our rights and that's just the way it is. I feel strongly about it you know I'm, uh I don't know how political we really want to get, but, you know, I'm a believer in the Second Amendment and the U.S. Constitution and um, believer in the First Amendment, all of friggin' amendments. Yeah. You know, it's like land of the free home of the brave means something to me. And uh, I think we got to kind of stand up and speak our minds to make sure that things don't get too far out of whack. Um, but, again, the the story of that location that building is 120 years old Mm. and which is old for a western uh community yeah
0: ancient for a western community right i mean yeah
1: and and so it was it was founded by george dear senior and his partner bob bradford who were uh great guys after the second world war and they were gun experts and great hunters and uh it was called the powder horn and uh we're we're proud of the powder horn bringing it back and starting some apparel with it and stuff like that but it's a it's a great old bozeman montana brand that goes back to the 40s and so we we kind of combined that with schnees into that really cool spot Mm. and um that's how we got into the gun business too and um so yeah and um you know we've we've been instrumental i think in in getting Sitka going um you know jason was a friend of mine and john hart is a friend and you know, proud of what Sitka has turned into. They do a great job, and obviously, good supporters of the Sheep Foundation. And um, you know, I think we had a little bit of a hand in helping Kurt get going and with Stone Glacier, and we're happy for that too. And mm-hmm. yeah, lots of lots of great hunting and 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 uh, stuff in in our area now, which is kind of fun.
0: That's very cool. Yeah. So there's, it's interesting. You you have a di- I guess a bit of a different model in some regards in that. And it, I guess it's not so different in Bozeman, but for the rest of the, the rest of the North America, it kind of is. But you know, you guys are innovators. You, you have your own product, and then obviously sell tons of retail stuff. You, you know, you can buy other products in there. Um, were you kind of on, is that innovations could been part of what you do, or was that something that came from the, the Schnee's side of it before you kind of got involved and you guys were able to carry on that, or?
1: I do enjoy it. You know, I have a, a background in engineering from school, and um, so, yeah, we we enjoy it. And and again, I'll I'll we're very privileged to work with um, Kurt Smith, and he's been in the footwear industry forever, and so knows knows a lot of people and has great resources that we take advantage of. So we do like creating new stuff. Uh, it's fun, and we, we we're going to continue to try to do that. Um, bring bring out new styles of footwear and, and so forth that as technology continues to improve, there's always opportunities there. Um, but you know, when Steve and Gene Schnee were getting ready to retire, um, the, the manufacturing side of the business was pretty much, so we have a factory in Bozeman, Montana. And we make pack boots, rubber bottom, leather top uh, boots, and they're, they're terrific. And still, to, I mean, everyone should have a, some Schnee packs because there's certain times of the year, man, it's just the way to go. Um, so if, if, you, if you can, you should. Um, but then there's more specialized stuff too, and you're going to go desert sheep hunting or stone sheep hunting or doll or whatever, going over to Asia or whatever you're going to be doing, there's some more specialized stuff that's a better application for certain types of mountains i guess you could say it say it that way so um yeah we're we're committed to being manufacturers of high quality stuff you know a few good things is kind of a way i like to look at it but um, we're just super super blessed to work with a, a group of people in northern italy who make the best Best boots on earth. That's that's the best way I can say it. Now there's other good brands of boots out there. Don't get me wrong, but we we're, we can we can do things a little bit different because we work with these craftspeople. It's not a mass production environment, and I've been in fact footwear factories in China and all over the place. And when you get into a mass production environment, th- there's just no way to do it um, with the level of care and quality that we can put into ours. Mm-hmm and our stuff is only available direct so you can come to bozeman you can come to reno for the sheep show um you can talk to us on the phone (laughs) and and, but it it that that model enables us to um to produce a very high quality product uh for a reasonable price Mm. and um so yeah we we enjoy that and um we, we're committed to domestic manufacturing. There's challenges with that. Um, we're just opening a facility in Mexico. Okay. Um, and I'll just brag up the Mexican people. I mean, I tell you what, I, I have always loved Mexico and love the Mexican people. And to me, they're some of the smartest, hardest working, most honest people on the face of the earth. And they're a, just a pleasure to work with. Mm. So, uh, you know, uh, we've got some some stuff that we're excited about coming out of our Mexican uh, facility now, and uh, I think that's all I'll say about that. Cool, time I'm being. To hear about it for sure. <laughs> uh, um,
0: so there's, you know, you talked a little bit about innovation, and you talked about um, Northern Italy and having that connection there. Do we have the expertise in the U.S.? And I've, I've heard other brands talk about that a lot of, you know, the textile industry and stuff like that. It's it's a lost skill that you know. We, there's cases where, you know, we've just lost it. You know, these factories that used to exist in North America in the U.S. they're just gone. Do do we have the technology to, to do it here at home, or is it something? Is it mostly a lot of it? Because it can't be cheaper to go to Italy. They like if you could probably do it in the U.S. It'd probably be a good opportunity if you had. Or is it too expensive to get set up? Or you know, I'm just trying to understand that aspect of it, John. So.
1: Yeah, it's. <clears throat> We have lost some of it right to be honest a lot of it's gone to china right and that's something i'm concerned about right um again there's good people in china too don't get me wrong my mother was born in china she was they were christian missionaries so there's lots of good people in china but um american domestic manufacturing has been hurt right and so yeah we can do it it's it's a little bit more expensive Right. Quite honestly. And at at some point, the consumer makes it just like, look, there's a limit. Right. And um, so we try to be uh, thoughtful about um, and transparent about where our stuff is made. Um, our rubber bottoms come out of Thailand because there's no domestic source for hand-laid vulcanized. Uh, and, and partly that has to do with environmental concerns. Right. So th- those are the types of things that you just have to confront yeah. um, we we look for ways to make things in the United States of America uh, we We operate a boot factory in Montana, and that's that, for your pack boots that's our pack boots yeah. but the the rubber bottoms we have to import right and um, we're going to be doing some of that. Uh, that type of construction, uh, with our friends in Mexico who are just phenomenal craftspeople, And, um, we're excited about that. Um, and it's, it's all sort of a balance, if you will, to maintain competitive operations in Montana. Um, we pay our people, you know, um, uh, we, tr- we try to be quite fair with, with how we compensate our, our workers, and um, there's just competitive pressure. Uh, so I guess the way I would just summarize it is we look for high-quality people uh, in places where it, uh, it makes sense.
0: Right. Well, and a testament to you and, and Schnee's, like a, I look at a guy like Kurt and. and you know, I've, I've run into him three times here already, and you, do, you, you walk in. I, I'd seen him in Dallas at DSC, and I walked in, and uh, I hadn't seen him since October. And, I, you know, I, I remember Kurt because he's an impressionable fellow, but he shouldn't have remembered me, and right away his hand went out and shook my hand, and, hey, Kyle, how's it going? And so a testament to you and, and the, you know, your entire family of uh, what you've done there. And to your point about competitive pricing, you know, it, yeah, you guys could probably do everything in North or in, in the U.S. specifically. But are people going to pay twelve hundred bucks for a pair of boots that they can get from somebody else for five or six hundred bucks or whatever?
1: You know, we have a lot of customers who are uh, working people. Right. They're 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 working construction. They're working. They're tradespeople, and they're smart, tough, strong, great hunters, mm-hmm. passionate about it. And they're gonna they're gonna be in Schnee Boots because it's the best boot out there. Mm-hmm. They save up for it, and it means something to them. Mm-hmm. And so we feel a responsibility to those people to give them a great boot at a fair price and then stand behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the other thing that happens because, you know, nobody's perfect. Everybody, you know, makes mistakes. We certainly do. But we can control the fact that we'll stand behind it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, that's, all you, that's all you can ask of, a, of anybody Right? is, you know, do your best, try hard, be honest. Right. And... <laughs> keep it pretty simple <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah
0: well i love it i'm a big fan love the pack boots uh i picked those up in october when i was down visiting the store there and uh of course i run your mountain hunting boots and, and love them and uh haven't uh haven't worn them i i haven't killed a ram in them yet but that's coming so fingers <laughs> crossed anyway. yeah man so, yeah
1: yeah i'm sitting here looking at these these faces in our booth it's so hysterical yeah. uh this this is my friend cameron mark killed a montana bighorn and uh He's a hilarious guy, by the way. He runs Montana Metal Art, okay, which is a little plug for those guys. They're they're awesome. His partner Brian too, and uh, yeah, he's a really good hunter. He's a tremendous uh, rifleman. Mm. Yeah, so that's that's been fun. That sport, you know, shooting shooting steel targets with with rifles has been really. Uh, it's a fa- I think it's the fastest growing part of shooting sports right now. Is that right? Eh. Yeah.
0: Wow, oh, interesting.
1: I'd love to get on a soapbox about how it relates to hunting. I don't like shooting long distance just to shoot long distance at a living creature. Right. It's fun steel man all day long. Great.
0: Right. Well, it makes you a better hunter anyway, right? If you're, shooting, if you're good at 1,000, you're going to be good at three or 400, right? Well,
1: that's right. You yeah. get to know your rifle better. I think it's a great sport. Right. And I'm all, all for it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So a so, couple things I want to talk about before we sort of um, call it a day. Talk about the conservation side of things. Uh, One thing that I've respected more about the brand before, so early days, you know, driving down the highway and uh, as you go through Bozeman, there's a big sign and it's got Schnee's and, you know, great branding and then proud support of the Wild Sheep Foundation. And um, obviously it's near and dear to your heart and and the organization. Um, Talk about what conservation means to Schnee's and to you specifically, John.
1: Yeah. thank you for the opportunity um again so impressed with the people associated with the wild sheep foundation who do the real real work of uh habitat and sheep conservation so a good friend of mine is kurt alt and kurt is a tremendous guy and he was introducing me to some people from mongolia and uh one of the stands, uh, probably Tajikistan may, I wanted to say it was Kyrgyzstan. Okay. But, um, y- you know, the biologists who, who really, uh, are expert in, in wild sheep biology are brilliant people, absolutely brilliant people. And it's quite complicated. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a, there's a bunch of hard science around, you know, um, the health of wild sheep populations, different parts of the world. It's an issue for us in, in Montana, in North America, and Canada, you know, and, and the interaction between domestic sheep and wild sheep. Uh, so here, here you go, right there, um, you have an intersection between the ranching community and the wild sheep community. And it turns out if you're sensible and thoughtful that there's ways those two communities can come together for the benefit of wild sheep, mm. and they they do, and and so it takes work and expertise and science and money uh, to to work through those issues, so that you know we work toward eliminating, if possible, you know, wild sheep die-offs from you know MOV and uh, pneumonia and That's um, a thing that I give the Wild Sheep Foundation a lot of credit for, is all the work that's been done in in that area and continues to be done. Um, You know, hunters are the people who love the animals more than anybody else. Nobody loves wild populations of game more than hunters. Mm -hmm. And it it seems like it's... um, an oxymoron, perhaps, to someone who's a non-hunter or new to hunting or hunting agnostic, but it's, that's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. I love to tell the story, you know, 120 years ago, Montana was almost, uh, m- most of our, our, our wild game was gone Right at the time when the buffalo was basically near extinction. Um, so it was our antelope, elk, sheep, goats, moose. Was all in trouble. Deer. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think it was something like 1,500 pronghorns left mm-hmm. at that time. And so along uh, came Teddy Roosevelt, thank goodness, to the rescue and began educating hunters like, okay, we got some work to do. We have to limit ourselves a little bit. We got to trap, you know, they're trapping mountain goats and transporting them with mules.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's a never a good idea. <laughs>
1: amazing recovery story. So a hundred years later, now we're back at like record highs. Yeah, and uh, that's that's what hunters do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ask me, it's lots of people. It's easy to pay lip service, but the hunters get the work done. Right. And uh, so that's that's just uh, something that it's 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 a pleasure for us to to work with the the real pros who are out there boots on the ground, doing the science, figuring out how to make how to make it work so that future generations have sheep to hunt.
0: Yeah, yeah, well said. So it's interesting, I forgot about this, and you know, like to brainstorm ahead of these podcasts, and what are we going to talk about, right? We talked about the domestic and wild sheep interaction, and I think you've been quite active in that side of things, because you have a hand in the domestic industry as well in Montana. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about those relationships? Because, John, I think that you have a really good understanding from both sides. I think hunters got their narrative, or the wild sheep advocates, and there may be some understanding, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we're, uh, but then there's the the ag side, and and they're looking at it from a different angle, and I think you've done a pretty good job of marrying those two. Do you want to touch a little bit on that? Yeah, first?
1: I'd love to. Um, so I'm again very bl- blessed to to have a partner uh, man by the name of John Helly, who's been ranching in Montana for f- I think they're on generation number six or some crazy thing. Um, but I just think the world of the Helly family and um, again honest hardworking um people if if you to me another name for rancher is steward mm. like you don't ranch very long unless you're really good at taking care of uh the landscape mm-hmm. and animals mm-hmm. and you know the the hellies have have been tremendous um and so we we started a brand called uh duckworth which is a brand we, that's doing great, and um, again, it's committed to U.S. manufacturing. So we take the wool right off the back of the sheep, and we spin all of our own yarn. We knit all of our own fabrics, and then we weave some fabrics now, too. And then dyeing, finishing, patterning, cut, sew, package, delivered all inside the the u.s wow amazing it is um and most of the credit goes to the heli family and the 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 management team dan mao and his team are sensational um we have a great great group of directors Um, so it's a team effort of course but um yeah so inevitably you you run into okay well you're in the domestic sheep business well that poses problems for wild sheep and it just does, mm-hmm. and so through the hard work of people like Kurt Alt and the Hellies, you know, you, you work at it and you find ways to um, strike a balance. And uh, you know that the Hellies are hunters, good hunters. Right. You know, <laughs> um, the, try try growing domestic sheep in a place mm-hmm. where you get forty five below zero. And you got grizzly bears, and you got wolves, and you got coyotes, and you got birds of prey. And yeah, just, just take a whack at that. Do that for a week, yeah. and then report back, Yeah, you know? Uh, it is hard. Mm-hmm. And they make it look easy, but it's not. Um, and through, through a lot of the, and they're just brilliant, by the way, too. I think you have to have some pretty good candle power in addition to a strong back, to do that job. So, you know, they they worked with I think it was the U.S. Fish and Wildlife and Montana Fish, Wildlife and Parks and Wild Sheep Foundation and some other smart, tough people to figure out a way to um, keep maybe some domestic sheep um, in a isolated a little bit um, and uh, to the point where we were able to transplant wild sheep into the greenhorn mountains of Montana. Mm. And, um, they've been successful mm. and I believe they issued a tag. In fact, I know they did cause I know the guy who got the tag, wow. uh, Fred King. And, uh, he was able to harvest a ram from that tag. So that's, that's an example, a simple example of how the ranching community can work together with conservation organizations for the benefit of wild sheep. Mm. And, uh, yeah, the, just give the give the Hellies all the credit in the world for that.
0: Well, not to to get, uh, I guess, to uh, get myself in any trouble here, but that relationship between the Hellies and Wild Sheep weren't. Like I think you brought that community together, right? It was you helped build that relationship. Did you? No, no,
1: no. no. I can't. No, I don't. You're not it, taking any credit for that. Zero. Okay. Absolutely zero. Okay. It, was, it, was, it was before my time. I think honestly, I don't think I had met John Helley when that work was being done okay. on the Greenhorns. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Now I, I, I can, I can take credit for for wearing, you know, good wool base layer and <laughs> testing it out <laughs> when yeah. it gets cold. That's about the only credit I can have. <laughs>
0: Okay, fair. Yeah. Fair. We'll leave it at that then. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. But that that brand's called Duckworth. It's a great it's a great little American brand. Encourage and it's people available. here. people in... that check it out. Duckworthco.com and at Cheney's. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, awesome. So anyone that wants to check out the, the brand, any products, so if they're from, they can't make it to Sheep Week, they can't make it to some of the other stuff. I know you guys were over at DSC last week, and I know you do a few other shows Michael's coming up to BC to our show and the Wild Sheep Foundation Alberta show. Yep.
1: I'm going to try to join for that okay. if I can.
0: Awesome. So um, so there's some products to check out there at at those events. But if they can't make it, they can't make it to Montana. Um, give you guys a call. What's their best bet?
1: Yeah, yeah. Just uh, check us out. It's uh, com or on social. I think it's like uh, schnee underscore hunt. So S-C-H-N-E-E is how you spell it. <laughs> <laughs> and don't worry about how to say it, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can you can do that. And then please feel free to give us a call. We like to talk to people on the telephone and answer questions. And uh,
0: yeah, well, and I love the customer support. You know, somebody you send someone a pair of boots, it doesn't fit. You're going to make it right. That's uh, um, I'm sure if they Stacy Farmer,
1: Cody Risto, they're just awesome. Yeah, we got so many good people. It's just it's just crazy. But yeah, we love we love our customers and you know sometimes you got to got to talk it through like okay I'm getting ready to go on a on a bear hunt in Alaska or you know whatever it's going to be and and you know what what kind of footwear would be the best for that type of application so
0: yeah well Michael was a fantastic with me I called him up and I said okay this is what I need and I'm like, well, this is what Jason Matzker is wearing. He's like, well, f- w- what are you doing? And then we talked about it. He's like, well, you're not doing exactly what Jason's doing. You need these. And <laughs> I, I can't remember Yeah, you know, discussion. Jason, but Jay,
1: good shout-out for him. He's terrific. And yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you got so many great brand ambassadors, too, that obviously support you guys. And, again, a testament to the company and, and the bootwear and your guys' reputation. So, and Yeah, cool. man. So before we go, one last thing. Legacy. So you said, I think you said you're 64 is that what you said 64 come on give uh, me a break I, I, I to be honest <laughs> I was shocked when you said that because I because <laughs> Michael's a young guy right I, I was thinking you were much younger than that so but uh let's talk a little bit of legacy what does Schnee's look like 10 years from now you still get to be involved still
1: boy I sure hope so yeah I nice. mean en- enjoy it and um it it keeps us moving and um yeah we we feel like we have a roadmap of some new new products that we're excited about and um like I say we we're we're continuing to invest in manufacturing and, and that's uh that's kind of our DNA at this point. Um uh, we, we enjoy selling high quality brands as well. Um but I'd say more more and more we're we're, we're looking at manufacturing mm. um at, at that level. Um and then we're where there are high quality products for our, our customers in areas that we do not do our own manufacturing, we'll look we'll look to have a tight collection of stuff like that.
0: Hmm. Well I have to say your showroom floor in Bozeman's absolutely stunning. It's a beautiful building. <laughs> Thanks. And the powder room. Is it powder room? Is that the Powderhorn. Car- powder horn, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. And the powder car- horn outfitters, forces. yeah. And your and your youngest son, your Jack. Young, he's running that, isn't he?
1: Well, he's working with a great young man named Luca Redoni. Okay. And they've they've sort of uh, taken the hand off from George Deeriff Jr. and are wor- working hard to uh to keep our gun business, you know, uh in good shape and they're just doing a great job. Awesome. And uh yeah, there's there's lots of fun exciting stuff going on there too, boy. That never s- slows down at all. Um, but uh yeah, and then my daughter Katie is involved in product development and she's okay. doing uh working kind of on the garment side of
0: things. And okay. She likes that. So there's some exciting stuff coming out of there
1: soon too, I'm Hopefully, sure. yeah. 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 Awesome. yeah, yeah. Keep it moving. And uh I think Friday is your M C N legacy night, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Good. You do such a great job. Oh, it's thanks. uh I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. It it's not easy being up on that stage. It's kinda kind of scary.
0: Well, you know, because you are the prelude to me and you always do a fantastic job, John. So, and I kid you not that I'd always known about the Schnees brand like you guys's reputation precedes itself, but 5 years ago it was a cheap week and you got up on the stage and I'm like that guy I need to talk to. I you know, I gained a whole new level of respect just your approach to things and then and then just the brand with everything you do on the conservation world and then the products and the reputation you know, you look at all your ambassadors out there, they're all the people getting after it that are doing things The the Rachel Attills of the world, the uh, Jason Matzinger's, the uh, David Martinez, and I'm sure there's a litany of others that I'm missing, but uh, super, super cool.
1: Yeah, man, it's, um, <clears throat> and again, you not, not just saying this, you, you do a terrific job. And um, the the whole organization, you know, just sets a real high standard. It's, it's, it's great. I mean, there's, just uh so many quality people at the show it's if if, if anybody's when, when is this thing going to air uh
0: i'm not exactly sure i think we'll maybe drop after next the week after, after the, the week show. after okay. sheep week yeah exactly. well then
1: if you're listening to this put sheep show on your calendar for next year in reno don't miss it it's uh it's a super super great event
0: yeah i i have to have to agree with you it's uh yeah, it's it's the mecca. If you live out of the country or out of you know not close, you got to do it once. You got to go see it, and then once you've done it once, our job is done because you're going to come back every year, right? And <laughs> it's a testament. You know, we just did our numbers for last year in our board meeting, and I think Saturday night we're twenty at one hundred now. It's uh, it just keeps growing and growing and growing every year. We're at capacity now on Saturday night, so um, which has never been the case. We've just been slowly growing over the years, and now it's it's,
1: it's amazing. And and I'm you know I'm still learning about all the work that's being done in Asia you know. like so much of really high quality work is being done and it's challenging Mm -hmm. you know um but you know there's so many great species of sheep around the world and and
0: it all needs needs work and effort well and it's interesting you brought up Kurt Alton you know Kurt's our um what are they he's our what is he he's certainly our international specialist but that's not all he does he does the Montana bighorns um and other work too but uh he has just done such a great job um, securing permits for all these different um, uh, countries where you can't even hunt, and just building those relationships. And, and they're here at Sheep Show, like you said, you met that uh, the, a couple gentlemen from overseas that have come, and I, I won't even try and remember what countries they're from. There was, but he, he's building these relationships, and and. Uh, You know, opening up hunting, but then you know, with the conservation ethic, because these permits are selling, and then we're putting that money back into, and not it's not going to the government, it's not going to pay for houses or anything. This is going back to conservation, and that's one thing that Kurt's done a really good job is building those relationships. So, yeah, I think the foundation does a great job, and Kurt in particular.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, again, it it takes talented people to do the work. It's uh, it's it's not easy. It's complicated. Lots of things to navigate, um, but I think you guys do do a great job. Yeah,
0: appreciate it. So you're showing the film tonight. I'm going to enjoy that. I can't wait to see it. So I'm going to uh, – that's on the radar. So who
1: did that? Matt Miller <coughs> – pardon me. Matt Miller at Schnee's put that together. And okay. He, he does a great job. Awesome. Um, so the footage, you know, it's not – it's not the – Anyway, I'll it have to it she- Michael a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think his
1: battery ran out or something. He's got some excuse. I don't know.
0: Well, the new uh, Wild Sheep Foundation ethics, where you can't show kill shots, he saved you on that one, right? So he didn't have to worry about it.
1: Well, you know. So yeah, we we had to edit that out because it was really good. It was okay. really good footage, but we we came right up to the to that point. But uh, yeah, it should be it should be good, and it'll make me think about my buddy Bart and um, you know a thing that we, we all have in common in the, in the hunting world is acknowledging the people who got us, you know, to this point, you know, Mm -hmm. we're all kind of standing on the shoulders of, of giants. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I, I certainly am, you know, I have many people to thank for, for getting involved in hunting. And, um, I think it's now kind of about passing it on and keeping it going.
0: Awesome. Well, you're, you're doing it with your kids. That's awesome. You know, great pictures of Michael, and I can't wait for him to go and his get his first ram, too, right? So, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's got some dues to pay, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. Hey, tonight with that film, are you going to introduce it, or are they just going to run it?
1: I think it's just running. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, it's... Right. I, I don't honestly know the answer to that, but I think it just comes on at some point.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I look forward to seeing it, so... You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, well, actually, you guys are closing up for the day here. So tomorrow I'm going to come and spend some money and pick up some quality footwear. I always pick up one or two pairs of boots or shoes when I'm in the, in the store. Well, so. thanks.
1: And we have some nice stuff for women. Uh, we've got women hunting boots, you know, talking about people like Rachel Attila. And uh, we have some, you know, uh, um, uh, we work with many very outstanding women hunters nice and uh so um check that out and then we have some some casual stuff
0: too well, there's the women hunting side, and I was... So I took a bunch of pictures. I told you, I said, this afternoon we were looking at shoes, and I'm like, I said, I'm not going to buy anything until the wife sees it because if she doesn't like it, then she she doesn't want me wearing it. So there's enough stuff that I like here. I can pick something, but it has to be something she likes. But I took some pictures of the women's stuff, and I'm like, hey, check these out. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. So she's going to... That's probably a mistake. She's going to probably come and buy a couple of pairs of shoes, which I could spend money on elsewhere, but uh, that's neither here nor there. So.
1: Yeah, I want to I give a quick... Uh, Shout out to Claudia Schmidt, who's okay. one of our, and she, she's a Montana gal who's uh, a Schnee hunter, and she's she's awesome. Okay. And her dad, Don, too. Okay. They're just a great family.
0: Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I'm doing a podcast with David Martinez. I think he's one of your ambassadors as well, too. So we'll You know,
1: and we're, yeah, yeah, thank you for mentioning that. So, yeah, D- David is a, is a man uh, who is a Marine Corps veteran and, uh, is wounded in combat. And I, I met him at a charity that we support in Montana called the Cody Deeriff benefit foundation for cystic fibrosis. Okay. And, um, um, David has a, has a daughter with CF and it's a really debilitating disease. So I encourage people to check that out, mm-hmm. uh, helps the families and, and people who are suffering from that, uh, illness. And, um, so yeah, I got to got to know David, and uh, he's doing. A, we're gonna run a film on Saturday night that, okay. that he put together. He he does amazing videography of bighorn sheep. He's so talented. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, don't really want to take any credit for that. Other than it's our pleasure to help support David, and and we, we of course we love veterans, and yeah. um, he's a, he's a neat guy.
0: Awesome. Well, that's great. Well, John, I can't thank you enough for everything Schnee's does, everything you do, uh, support of the foundation and other conservation organizations. And for us up here, in, up in BC, the Wild well, Sheep Society of BC, and a new conservation partner with us and the support you're giving us there. We're just super grateful for all of it. And just can't thank you enough for all you do.
1: Thank you, Kyle. Can't can't thank you enough, man. Keep Keep it up. You're awesome. doing an awesome job. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Trust buddy. You. Thank you. Appreciate it.